You're listening to the YCA Podcast. This is a podcast created for coaches by the coaches. The Young Coaches Association is proud to present exclusive content from coaches, young and old, all across the state of South Carolina. The YCA Podcast was created to provide a platform where coaches can share their own thoughts and insights to others with the hopes of building a brand and growing the profession. In more simple terms, these are ball coaches just sitting around talking ball. Thanks for listening to the YCA Podcast. We hope you enjoy. All right, welcome to today's episode. We are in our positional series. We have moved on back to the defensive side of the ball. We are talking outside linebackers today. I have my co-host here with me, Coach Brett Fields. He is also doubling as a special guest today. He's going to help our other special guests talk a little bit about outside linebacker play. Uh, Coach Fields, What's up? Excited, man. Uh, back here at Fort Willis. That's right. Fort Finally Willis. got some backup here with our special guest and excited to kind of be a, a guest myself today and drop some knowledge. I am going to be talking more, so if you don't like me, just go ahead and <laughs> skip. turn to the next or just, you know, skip past the parts where I'm talking. No, nah, just let it play because we still need some We need some play time. We're yeah, getting, true, getting, true. You know, so just, just let it play. If you don't like Coach Fields, just, you know, just turn the volume down when he talks. Who cares? But, yeah, so um, Coach Fields is on here. He's, he's a special guest, a.k.a. the co-host. And we also have Coach Jacob Poston, who is the outside linebackers coach at Ashley Ridge. Uh, he works with Coach Shane Fiddler, who you guys have heard on here before. So, you know, this is the opening kick. We're here to talk some outside linebacker play. I'm outnumbered here. I'm the only offensive guy again here in, in Fort Willis. I'll let my dogs, Ace and Allie, they can be my receivers, but they're not out here with us. So no, they're not out here. They're locked down right now. Yeah. Coach Fields is playing read coverage on them, and he's going to shut them <laughs> down. So. <laughs> and, and, guys, if you're listening, when this thing drops, we've got – quite the coaching carousel going on we're not going to talk about it much yeah kick but we got some wild stuff happening all around the state and yeah the low country especially it's 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 a little dicey down here it's getting wild bro yes i'm scared my job's next (laughs) they're gonna come after the slap dig next (laughs) nobody wants your d-line coach job coach field you're safe okay you're good uh yeah anyway that that's kind of the opening kick you know we'll, we'll have the first drive segment quick two-minute drill, and then we'll just jump straight into the air it out segment and let these guys talk a little bit about outside linebackers. So, hope you guys enjoy today's episode. All right, so we're here. This is the first drive of our outside linebacker episode of the YCA podcast. Uh, Again, like I mentioned before, I've got my co-host here, Coach Brett Fields, and we have our special guests on tonight with us, and that is Coach Jacob Poston. He is the outside linebackers coach at Ashley Ridge High School. Coach Poston, what's up, my man? Hey, every day's of the holiday. Just happy to be on. That's right. That's right, man. And, and Coach Fields. So, you know, we mentioned it in the in the the first or the opening kick. There, Coach Fields is also doubling as the special guest as well. He's going to talk a little bit of outside linebacker play too. But you guys already know a little bit about him. So. Uh, First drive, Coach Poston, just give us a little bit of background, you know, about you and your coaching career. All right. Um, so just like a lot of people, though, y'all, y'all had on, uh, I also started in college. I was 19 years old. I was at the Citadel. Um, so military college that really kind of threw a lot of wrinkle on a lot of stuff. But um, I got my first start at Wando High School under Jimmy Noon. I was his B team coach. I coached defensive backs there. Uh, did a little bit with 
with, with linebackers as well. I uh, did that for two years. Um, that's actually very unique because of the fact that because it is military college, um, I had to do a lot of curfews. There were a lot of other stuff that I had to do along with going to the Citadel. Uh, once I graduated, I went to Ashley Ridge High School where I was hired by Coach Kenny Walker and then uh, started off as a JV coach, been, did a little bit of B team as well, uh, mainly did DBs there under uh, Coach Joe Hoff. And then later on, Coach Shane Fiddler was hired in 2020 during the pandemic, and I was promoted to outside linebackers. And then from there, I've done outside linebackers as well as long snapping and help with kickers and also do a lot of special teams. Gotcha. And Coach Poston, so also you, you still do the military stuff. Just kind of talk a little bit about that real quick. Oh, uh, yeah. I'm currently in the South Carolina National Guard. I'm going on my ninth year. Uh, I did my first six years with the infantry where I was, uh, I guess you could say stationed, but my army was in Mount Pleasant and then it got moved to Mullins, South Carolina. So that was a very fun drive. And then now I'm at McCready Training Center where I I'm at range operations where I maintain and operate the ranges. So when units from around the state or even around the country, when they have to qualify for their marksmanship test, I'm the one that puts them through the course. Okay. So coach, just talk a little bit about your daily routine. Cause obviously you're doing that and you also coach football. So just kind of walk us through a couple of days or a day, your, your daily routine, as far as that goes. Uh, as far as like how I manage with the Ab national guard. Yes, absolutely. Oh, going to be honest with you. That, that's, that's, that's really tough. Um, because of the fact with, with the South Carolina National Guard, you operate with one weekend a month, two weeks out of the year. So one weekend a month, I have to go up to McCready, which is on the backside of Fort Jackson. And that's where I got to be for 48 hours. And it makes life very tough, uh, especially when it comes to weekend meetings and, you know, uh, doing breakdowns. It Sometimes it can be a little, little nerve wracking. And, um, you know, you just kind of got to manage your time wisely and, and make things happen. I mean, I've, I've, had to, I've had to go a lot of sleepless nights uh, trying to get my work done because I'm having to balance both the military and football. But thankfully, uh, me and Coach Fiddler have worked something out. Uh, you know, it's, it's not easy. It is a little bit of a burden on him, but he, he does let me operate um, and do what I need to do. Uh, the times where it really gets tough is when, I'm, is when I'm on my AT, also known as annual training. So three times of the year, I, I actually have to go up there from a Monday to a Friday. So the last one, funny enough, was actually uh, against Kane Bay in the first round of the playoffs. So every day I'm leaving at, um, you know, five o'clock in the morning, getting up there by seven o'clock, which is about a two hour ride for me here in Somerville. And then I'm having to do whatever I uh, do, whatever I can do, do my job up there quickly and then leave as soon as I can to get back for four o'clock practice. And I mean, it's times I've had to thank God there wasn't no cops on the road because I've been <laughs> lying down 26 or 176 or whatever, just trying to get back for practice. Um, there was one time, you know, the on the Wednesday practice, I'm actually I'm I'm rolling in and I still got all my my OCP, which is you know the military fatigues, and I'm running out there changing as I'm walking on to practice, <laughs> you know, trying just trying to coach these guys up, you know. So it uh, it's a definitely a bit of a balancing act, a lot of time management, and that's where you know where I think times like that I went to the Citadel where it helped me with that time management and balancing everything out. Absolutely. Plus, you probably get a little street cred. You know, you're walking up on the practice field, you know, ripping off your stuff like in front of your kids, right? <laughs> oh yeah, they uh, <laughs> yeah. 
I may or may not pretend I'm more of a badass than what I really <laughs> There you go. That's okay. Coach Fields, anything to add right here in this first drive segment before we move on to this two-minute drill? No, man. Excited to have Coach Poston on, a close friend of ours, close friends of a lot of people who's been on the pod, and uh, just excited to have him on. Yeah, and so, you know, Coach Poston, uh, we talked about it kind of before we got on and started recording. Coach Poston – wasn't exactly there at the very beginning, but he's been in there in the mix a little bit. So he's kind of grandfathered in as a as an OG member of the of the YCA crew. So um, he's he's grandfathered in. Um, but yeah, that's that's the first drive. Uh, you know what we're probably gonna do? Cause we'll we'll just move right into the two minute drill. So obviously it's it's not scripted for you. It's scripted for us. You don't have those questions. So. It's going to be a two-minute drill. Um, you're kind of, you know, you're by yourself, but Coach Fields, we're all going to answer them too. We're going to try to hit this thing in less than two minutes. So, any questions? Are you ready to rock and roll? Let's get it. All right, let's, let's rock and roll. All right, first question. You'll go first, Coach, and then we'll answer. All right, hibachi or Chinese? Hibachi, all day. Hibachi. Hibachi. All right, one high or two high? Two high. One high. I mean, too high if I'm playing it. Yeah, sorry. Fries or tots? Tots. Dirty. Ooh, the knot. Fries. Yes, <laughs> um, Fries. Man or zone? Zone, because it turns into man. Facts. I agree. Okay. I'll just say man to be different. All right. Mountains or beach? Whew. Uh, I like living at the beach, but I want a vacation in the mountains. Mountains all day long. I don't yeah. care where I live. Mountains. All right, Coach, would you rather see spread or flex bone? Flex. Or excuse me, uh, spread. <laughs> flex bone. <laughs> spread. I don't know. Zaxby's or Raising Canes? Zaxby's. Canes. Zaxby's. Oh, my God. Right. Even or odd? Odd. 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 All right, spring break or Christmas break? Well, I coach wrestling, so I've never had a, a Christmas break, so spring break. <laughs> there you go. Spring break, chasing turkeys all week. Ah, Christmas break. All right, box or spill? Spill. Spill the ball. Yeah, sure, spill. <laughs> all right, last one. Favorite meat in a taco? Uh, ground hamburger. Oh, my gosh, chorizo. <laughs> I'm going with chicken. I don't really eat tacos. <laughs> <laughs> All right, that wasn't so bad. I, I mean, I, I feel pretty confident that might have been under two minutes. Yeah, I mean, what, we what did cheat. There's only three of us. I know, we cheated. Plus, we've also hey. answered these questions like 100 times. So, yeah. Hey, um, military guy, man, you got to make your time. That's, that's right. right. Uh, yeah, so quick plug if you're listening and you're, you know, you shout out the YCA podcast on Twitter, give us some new two minute drill questions. We'll, we'll welcome it for sure. Um, yeah, so perfect. Two minute drill. Uh, I think we're good on time. Um, we're going to jump right into this aired out segment, Coach, and let you and Coach Fields kind of rock and roll here. Are you ready to go? Let's get it. All right. So I'll start it out. Um, and it's, you know, obviously we learned a little bit about your coaching background. So now we're going to talk a little bit about your program scheme. Okay. So, Coach Poston, you're the, you know, kind of the special guest here. So I'll let you start. Right. Let's, let's start with your program's current scheme or background. So give it to us. All right. So we're a base 3-4, and we know we're going to – reduce an outside linebacker the majority of the time. But our biggest thing is we want to disguise. Um, we want to show multiple fronts. We want to really confuse the offense. Um, you know, was at the clinic this past year, uh, and I heard one of the coaches say, you know, it's not it's not Tom Knotts you're out there playing against. It's not, it's not the best offensive coordinators. It's that 17-year-old kid 
that's taking the snap on, on, under the center. You know, it's that offensive, it's that sophomore offensive lineman or junior offensive lineman who might be taking his first couple snaps of the year in a real live game of varsity. Um, we really want to make them guess. Um, our big thing is, you know, we just, you know, we want to stay in our system and ultimately just do what our kids can do. Uh, you know, we, we want to keep things simple, but really make it look complicated. That's really our base on, on what we try to do. Gotcha. And so, and I know Fields is going to add some of this stuff to it. Just to me, you know, obviously I'm an offensive guy, but I feel like if I'm an off, outside linebacker, I want to play in, in that type of defense. So, and you guys are probably playing in the outside linebacker, you know, specialty type defense, you know, if you got those guys that can go out there and make plays. So, all right, sweet. So, Coach Fields, you, go ahead and kind of give your the, the, the scheme for your guys as well. Sure. So, just to have a coach here, um, Ashley Ridge has had a pretty stout defense the past couple of years. Um, don't know how they finished this year, but I know the previous year you were top ten in the state, correct, as far as categories oh, yeah. and stats and all that. Um, yep. So, currently I'm at Kane Bay. I coach the defensive line currently. I've coached outside linebackers at Berkeley for a long time and kind of coach it all at the 1A level at Cross. I've ran a pretty dumbed-down version of what Coach Poston does at Ashley Ridge. And currently, right now at Cane Bay, we're kind of a 4-3, 4-2 uh, type team. We have a Sam that can stay in a 50 look or apex out, you know, in doubles or trips. Uh, currently, you know, I've coached guys the 3-4 reduction, like I said, what Coach is doing now. And I've also coached outside linebackers kind of in that 4-2 hybrid look where you get a hybrid type guy. So, seen a lot of outside linebacker play. And honestly, I love inside linebackers, but outside linebackers are kind of kind of my favorite, man. Um, we'll get to that here in a little bit, but that's kind of my background, guys. Yeah, so, you know, talking outside linebackers, and you guys are both talking about, you know, same type scheme and stuff like that. So, I guess my question is what makes – you know, the outside linebacker position so special on the defensive side of the ball. Coach Fields, I'll just let you kind of go ahead and jump on that. So, you're really asking these guys to do so much. Um, you really are. Uh, yeah, there's different types of defenses where those guys are doing different things. But just for example, my time at Berkeley, we were 4-2. And my kids, you know, I didn't have a lot of them. Uh, you maybe have three to four guys. I had one true outside linebacker and the other guy on the other side was a hybrid safety you know he might be playing high safety to in too high look he may be rolling down play robber um, that strong side outside linebacker for us uh, we called him the stag at berkeley obviously he could be an apex guy he could be a nine technique he could be a ghost nine he could be an outside leverage number two um, there's just a lot of things those outside linebackers do uh, every day in, in every play, really. Uh, so, that, I mean, and coaching them, we'll go into that, but coaching them is you you got to learn it all. You've got to learn the front. You've got to learn the back end. You've got to know what everybody's doing at all times. Uh, so, that, I mean, pretty much that's what makes it special, man. It's, it's a different animal. Um, it's not always necessarily the same body type as well. Uh, sometimes you can take those safety type guys and play outside linebacker just fine in high school. Sometimes it may be a little thicker kid that you put on the boundary side, and he's maybe a little bit more of a defensive end. Um, outside linebackers do it all. Coach Poston, what you got for us? Yeah, I mean, the, you know, just going along with what you said, I mean, they have to be one of the best all-around athletes, not just on the defense, but just on your entire team. 
Okay, it's, uh, especially in our scheme on, on what we ask them to do. You know, we ask them the wrong. Um, we ask them the wrong arm, an offensive lineman who's going to be bigger and, and might be stronger than them. Okay, you know, and also not being selfish to be able to actually wrong arm to where the inside linebacker is actually going to make the tackle. You know, that's that's asking a lot because every kid wants the glory. Um, he has to be able to take on a tight end who with a lot of OCs are going to see as a mismatch. Um, and then at the same time, he has to be able to, or, you know, depending on what he reads, has to be able to drop into coverage against wide receivers who are definitely faster and are probably a better athlete. So, you know, you're asking like, like what Coach Fields is saying. You're asking this dude to do so much to be a high motor guy, to be very unselfish, to get to your spot, uh, and just and just do it, you know, a hundred miles an hour. You know, it it's a very tough position and it's a very special position. So that's why I, I just think it has to be one of the best all around athletes on your whole team. Yeah, absolutely. And, and speaking from an offensive, you know, standpoint, those those teams that have those guys. I mean, if you got a guy like we're talking about that's an outside linebacker and he can you know, slide out in coverage or he can try to redirect a slot receiver or, and he can also step up on line of scrimmage and play the run as well. I mean, that's, you know, I, I call them that they're like those hybrid guys. I mean, and they need to kind of be that kind of, you know, hybrid. You got to be able to do, like you're saying, a lot of different stuff. So, you know, to me, if I was a defensive player, I'd want to be at least athletic enough to be considered to play outside linebacker. Because again, you're you're pretty much involved in all areas of the, of the defensive game plan. You know, you got to stop the run. You also got to play the pass. And you got to be able to do a little bit of everything. So, pro tip, coaches, you guys who say you want to coach on defense, you've been an offensive guy, you might say DBs or whatever. Start coaching outside linebackers. You'll learn defense very quickly. Oh yeah, you learn both both the, um, the the pass game and the run game. Yeah, I mean, and you know, just in being with Coach Fields at Berkeley, uh, the five years that he was there when I was there, there's a lot of times. He goes straight from an inside group period, and he come over there with my guys, and now we're doing a. He's over there trying to work redirects or you know things like that with those slot guys. So it's you got to be able be able to do a little bit of everything. So yeah, they are pretty special. Um, I'm excited about you know talking about this kind of stuff. And I'm gonna ask you guys some more questions. Moving on real quick, we'll take a, a little mini break, and then we're gonna jump right back into this aired out segment. All right, back here in the aired out segment. I don't even know if I said that we were in the aired out segment obviously meat and taters y'all know if y'all been listening yeah. y'all know dog let's keep uh, it real you know and we've kind of taken out some segments and stuff like that but it's because we want the the guests that we're talking to to be able to share a little more of the the meat and taters segment so you know we kind of started into the aired out segment so we're going to keep jumping into that so um next thing we're going to move on to is your everyday drill stuff this is one of my favorite little parts you know questions that we're asking these guys so coach post and i'll let you go first Give us some of your favorite EDDs that you'll take with you no matter where you go. Well, i tell you what. I, I have four things that I do every day no matter what. And it's, a, it's my wide drill, my wrong arm drill, block destruction, and tackle. It's just, it's just what I believe in um, that I would take with me, like you said, anywhere. It just – because it covers every aspect of what I want my guys to be able to. Um the first one's the wide drill, and I get all my guys lined up. Uh, they got a buddy, and we'll go every five yards, go down the sideline of the field, and and I'll stay, um, and one group will be the offensive linemen, and the other group will be the outside linebackers. Okay, and that and the guys being the outside, uh, excuse me, the guys being the offensive linemen, more specifically, they're being the offensive tackle. All 
All right. And we got two reads. We got what's called a butt read and a face read. We're going to keep everything very simple. Okay. And, you know, we're moving the sky. So I start my guys moving. They go back and forth. And then when I give them the indicator or whenever I want them to move, they go down, they make their deploy to the offensive tackle. All right. If the offensive tackle, you know, in the in the football world does a down block to us, that's a butt read. Okay. So we're going to put hand to hip, eyes inside. All right. Looking for anything coming for us, whether we're going to wrong arm, you know, do whatever the play needs us to do from what the offense is going. Okay. The second read off the same drill is called the face read. All right. As I deploy down to my offensive tackle and that offensive tackle looks directly at me, it's called a face read because I see his face. All right. At that point, I'm going to plant with my inside foot, dip and rip with my inside arm and shoulder, and I'm going to get vertical. And I'm going to kind of show my back as I'm getting vertical. And what this does, this, this really helps for any type of like a wide zone jet sweep or any type of, you know, outside run play. It forces that ball carrier now to cut it back into where my inside linebackers are able to make the tackle. Uh, and we do that every single day. And then again, I start that, you know, Coach Fields was a big thing you know, of, you know, one thing I've stolen from him is algebra one to algebra two to algebra three, you know, and I just think that's a good phrase. And, you know, and as I've gone into the wide drill, I've added into a pass rush into that. I've added, you know, they mess up. What do you do from there? You know, that's just, that's what I've done with that. My next one is a wrong arm drill. Okay. Uh, and I kind of do this more in pods, actually, uh, is where I'll get my guys in group of threes. All right. And, and just like the wide drill, it's very, very similar. My guys are going to, my outside linebackers are going to, you know, they're going to move, they're going to disguise, they're going to, you know, really kind of make it seem like they don't know what they're doing, but they do know what they're doing. Okay. Then they're going to deploy and go into the offensive tackle. Offensive tackle is going to get a butt read. Now, here's where the third guy comes in. My third guy is going to pretend to be some type of he, – he give a, an H-back, a pulling guard or whatever, and he's going to come down, and my outside linebacker now has to wrong arm. Okay, The reason I do it in, in groups of threes and I spread it out every five to ten yards, it's all about reps. I'm getting the maximum amount of reps in a short amount of time. Okay, I don't get 30, 40, 50 minutes of indie every single day. Sometimes I get 20, sometimes I get 15, so i got to maximize my time as much as possible. So I'm very big in, in, in doing pots. Okay. Trying to spread out, try to get it, try to get my guys to go in as much as possible in the least amount of time. Um, and again, I also have, you know, being a five A school, I have an assistant uh, outside linebackers coach who is helping me. He does more look at the JV, but we all do this together. Um, and then, you know, my block destruction, you know, we do, and we'll do a, you know, off tackle type of block destruction, you know, you know, Shocking and ripping. Okay. You know, we'll do that on a bull sled, hand shield, or, you know, on, on, on each other. Okay. And then, you know, that's block destruction. And after that, it's tackling some form of tackling. I don't care if it's a, if it's just a quick fit up or if it's a live, you know, hey, here's the goal line. It, it, it's macho on macho, some type of tackle drill every single day. And those are the four things that I do. Yeah, that's good stuff, Coach. Um, Coach Fields, I mean, you might have some similar stuff, but, you know, talk about some of your favorite EDDs as well. Yeah, so I'll go a little different here. Um, Coach Poston's kind of going into that 3-4 reduction stuff, and I just don't want to sit here and say the same things. I do all those same things if we're in a 3-4. Going to kind of go more of a 4-2. Let's, let's go 4-2. So some things that I love to do is 
I love to do a play side versus backside drill. Um, I'm not big, we'll talk about it in a little bit, but I'm not huge on using equipment every day. Um, when they get out there on a Friday night, they don't have any equipment but shoulder pads and a helmet. So I try to use bodies as much as I can. Uh, so one thing we'll do is we'll work on block destruction first. Uh, that's one thing I do with my defense alignment too. The first thing we do is we partner up. We're cutting that guy in half. We're stabbing and locking out our arms and we're ripping underneath uh, play side. You know what I mean? So we're keeping our outside shoulders free. So we'll all start with that. Then we'll kind of go into that play side versus black side. So all the guys will start as play side outside linebackers. So I love to spill. I love to spill. Everybody spills. But technically, if you're the force player, whether you're rolling down or you're already out there, you're, you're boxing everything. So you've got to understand when you are the play side guy, it's coming to you, especially in that 4-2 look. When you're apexing, you know, you're 3-by-3 three three or 5-by-5, five five, you've got to really cut that blocker in half. Or you've got to be able to buzz your feet if nobody's coming to you and not commit to coming inside. Uh, so I think that's something huge that you need to do is teach those outside linebackers how to be force guys. Um, then we'll all be backside guys. So in that 4-2 look, if I end up being the backside guy to flow, I'm going to be the fold player. Everybody knows what the fold player is. I don't think coaches work on folding enough. Um, that's something that I kind of prided myself in when I coached outside linebackers is you've got these guys who are athletic. You've got guys who are kind of hybrids, and they want to fly to the freaking ball. Well, here's the deal, Bo. you got inside linebackers that can fly to the ball. If you're that backside outside linebacker, you need to play it low and slow until you see the ball. Um, something I love to do is just let's take it slow. Everybody in football wants to go fast. Coaches want to go fast. But if you're that guy in that drill, we'll give you a read. So we'll give you either, you know, a number two in front of you to read or just a tackle, kind of like Coach Poston was talking about. And if that guy gets a butt read, he's now looking back. He's got that triangle. He's looking back to flow. If he sees flow away, he shuffle, 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 find the open gap. Uh, he gains depth first, and then he shuffles. So that's something we're going to do every day in practice during our indie, um, no matter how much time we got. And that's something we work on, and we'll start Algebra 1 is just the fold. Algebra 2, we might work the fold and then have that back cut back at him, and now I've got to eject and fit in that gap. Um, Algebra 3 is we really try to mess with him, and we might RPO. We might work on an RPO or a play action where that number two leaves him. He sees tackle down. I'm folding, and all of a sudden the quarterback, who is one of my outside linebackers who thinks he's Peyton Manning, is going to pop up and try to throw that slant. So that's kind of the progressions there on the play side versus back side. I think people don't talk about the backside players enough in any type of defense. Uh, they're very important when the play side guys are doing their job. So that's just a couple. I mean, we could go into it for hours, but that's just a couple with me is block destruction and play side versus backside. Coach, and so, I mean, you obviously there are people, you know, you know, quick shout out real quick because the podcast, you know, the people that are listening is definitely growing. So shout out to you guys that are listening. Um, oh, yeah, it's awesome. You know, and, but, you know, just quickly, like, there might be some young coaches that don't necessarily like when you talk about be the fold player. Just kind of explain that real quick, just for the people that don't know that. Yeah, so everybody, 
I say everybody. I'm like stereotyping a lot of people tonight, and I apologize. But this is our defensive pod, so I get to kind of roll with this one. And I'm kind <laughs> of a guest today, you know. I'm kind yeah. of a guest technically, right? Yeah, so, you're the guest. So I'm just going to go in my soapbox. So here's the deal. Everybody talks about gaps. Everybody talks about pre-snap if I call 98 twist match lock Z74 blitz left that you've got this gap or you that's, that's skittles, skittles yeah. <laughs> right i would just call it skittles <laughs> but uh they, they just think pre-snap but here's the deal when you're a high school football player or a football player in general that ball snaps and crap changes okay so if y'all haven't figured it out listen to me i'm huge on play side versus backside. so if you're the fold player that means the run play is going away from you essentially and a lot of people with pursuit just go so fast during their pursuit drills and get to the ball, fly to the ball, be the first one there. Well, if you're the fold player and you turn your hips and open up and run and that running back cuts back, or what happens? Reverse, reverse. Right. Yeah. So big. B, I'm a BCR guy. I love that bootleg cutback reverse. Um, you know, I've had guys burned on it. And it's so funny. Y'all know this as coaches. When you get a kid, especially an outside linebacker, and the first time he gets burned on not doing his job folding, he knows the light bulb goes off. Hopefully it's in practice or a scrimmage, but I've had kids come to me in a game. Somebody's busted a 60-yard run. Actually, Kane Bay, when I was at Berkeley, Trey Morrison did it. He folded too fast, and Chris Copeland went, see you later, to the house. He's fast. On a cutback. So that, I mean, it's terrible. It cost us six points, you know, seven points right there. But that kid learned, oh, this is what we do every day. This is why we do this. So when I say fold player, that's a guy who's an outside linebacker. It might be a roll down safety. Uh, and all he's doing is he's gaining depth, which sounds crazy. Yes, we're backing up in the run game. Okay, but once again, we're not talking about inside linebackers, talking about outside linebackers. He's going to gain depth, and he's just going to shuffle. He's going to shuffle. He's going to shuffle. And he's going to mirror it. He's going to make sure that guy stays on the play side. And guess what he gets to get in if he's in the right place at the right time? He gets a stat. He gets a tackle, right? There's been many a times uh, where we played, you know, ended up in a one-high look, and that backside outside linebacker ends up making the tackle just because he's playing it the right way. Gotcha. Yeah, so I want that, you know, just – again, I might ask a couple of things off the cuff. Coach Poston, anything to add to that? You know, I got a couple – we got plenty of other questions, but anything, you know, you're listening and you're, you want to add something to that conversation? I mean, no, not really. I was going to add the BCR, but, you know, Coach Phil's already took care of that. You know, he, he explained it very well. Yeah. I don't, you know. And I, that's why I did that because, obviously, you know, I've been with, you know, Coach Fields a lot and just, you know, like you talk about the fold player, he's fold – because those guys that – the not very well coached teams, those fold players, just like you said, turn and run – it's all, defense, 11 hats to the football. <laughs> exactly. You know? And all of a sudden, kid sticks his foot in the ground, cuts it back, or a reverse comes, and then all of a sudden, now you're in trouble. So just kind of, you know, well, I'm going to try to keep it to the guys that might be, you know, learning some things. It might not be as well-versed as some of the other people that are listening to. So, um, yeah, I just wanted to ask that little question off of a question. Um, so you mentioned it earlier. Now we're talking about EDDs as well. Uh Tell me some of your guys' like favorite, I guess, practice equipment that you use. Some of you, you might not want to. A lot of it's, you know, using another player. But is there any equipment that you like to use during practice that you like, Coach Poston? Um, you know, I'm like Fields to a certain degree where, you know, I'd, I'd really like to use bodies because, you know, you can't have any equipment on the field. But, you know, there, there's times that using equipment can really, can really benefit you. Uh, you know, 
and a lot of the times I use my uh, equipment is really for my block destruction stuff because I don't want those guys really hammering on each other when they don't have shoulder pads or anything like that. Yeah. Um, you know, we'll use a bull sled. Um, and what that does is that forces my guys to, you know, really get a good shock because, it, because as you hit that pad, the pad is actually going to kind of collapse and go back in, back in on itself before it pops up into the air. Coach, can you kind of explain what you mean by bull sled here? Okay. Yeah. It's just, it's basically, it's just a one man sled. Um, it, uh, we call it the bull sled for whatever reason. Um, and you know, it's like a very traditional one man sled, but when you hit the, you actually hit the dummy part, it moves like the, the dummy part actually moves without moving the whole sled in itself. Okay. And then when you, when you really insert, you know, you shock with your hands on the in, inside of the breast and then pop up in, into a rip, it, you can really see it versus doing versus on kids. Cause a lot of times kids, you know, they'll, you know, going through drills, they'll be lazy about it. Or like the guy that's pretending to be the dummy, they'll, you know, they'll help, they'll help their buddy out and make it look like they're actually going a thousand miles an hour and they're actually not. So that's why I really like the bull sled. You know, I like hand shields for all the, again, the times we can't go full pads or we can't go shelves. And then one of the things that I really like to do and for myself is, is I, I use an arm pad and, so at outside backer, we differentiate our blocks between an inside run or, you know, whatever we're fitting up against a tight end. Okay. Or we're fitting up against a wide receiver in space. Okay. If we're fitting up against a tight end or an H back or something, we're really going to get a good shock and rip, or, you know, some people call half the man and, and really, you know, get, get right in the breastplate and rip off quickly. Well, when you're out in space, a lot of times when you if, if you try to attack that receiver to do a good what I call a shock and rip, attacking the breastplate and, and ripping off, you've probably taken yourself out of the play. So with that with that arm pad, I'll 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 put it on. And what that teaches our guys is we call it a two-on-one, where instead of attacking the breastplate, they'll actually attack one arm, one forearm of the wide receiver, okay, knock it down with both hands and then rip off replace feet. Okay, so I, I really use it for myself, so that way my arms don't really get beat up all day in practice. Um, so that's really the only equipment I use. Everything else is, you know, it's on air, it's with bodies, you know, it's it, it, it's football. You know, defense got to be tough, so we got to be tough dudes. So, absolutely. Um, I, you know, just I, you know, where I'm going to ask you guys a question here in a minute, but I like working the live stuff. Like when you can go offense against defense, it's so much more beneficial for. Everybody. I mean, obviously, you know, we got pads and stuff like that that we try to mimic those defensive guys, or you guys try to mimic those offensive guys and stuff like that. But, you know, I just I, the the offense versus defense. If you can get to it into a group period with one another, that's the money maker for me. Um, but yeah, so uh, Coach Fields, what about you? Any kind of equipment that you like to use in practice? So I like the one man, like Coach Boson was talking about. Um, I hate it though because. It teaches the wrong hand placement to do it right for me. Um, it teaches full man. Uh, to any kind of shock and lock sled to me teaches wrong hand placement with what I want to do on defense unless you're the anchor guy, which this isn't necessarily an anchor podcast here. We're going more true outside linebacker stuff. Mm-hmm. But I'm shout all about – Shout out to anchor, though. That is what we used to – Oh, yeah. yeah. Shout out to anchor. Yeah, yeah go ahead. Dang, dang. You got me too. <laughs> 
I'm in the deep, as people say. I didn't even think about that. So coach has got me all messed up. But um, I'm a big cut in half kind of guy. Um, I'm a big SWAT or control the elbow. Shout out Coach Faulkner for teaching me that one. Control the elbow, rip outside. And uh, honestly, I love the one man for basics, for algebra one, for getting those guys to extend their arms and, and like Coach Postman said, get tough. Um, I've tried to cut that one man in half, and my outside linebackers look at me like I'm an idiot, but I do experiment sometimes in Indy when I've got a good group. Um, I'm sure everybody has, or if you haven't, you need to try that. If you've got a good, mature group, uh, experiment with them a little bit. Learn, learn a little something, you know. So I've tried to actually cut that guy in half and work on that arm or that armpit with my outside linebackers and shock and lock. It's kind of funny to see him do it. I have done that before. As far as other equipment, man, I like the big hand shields, the big thick hand shields, and I use that kind of like Coach Poston was talking about. I use that for wrong shoulder. So I'll let my guys be the tackle, uh, guard tackle, whatever it's going to be, I'll let them be the read. But I will be the guy trying to kick them out because a defensive player, even though I've taught him to turn and pull, he's just going to kind of half-ass pull. So what, what y'all two can answer this too. We'll, we'll just go ahead and say it. When you spill, when you're a team that wrong shoulders and spill, what's the offensive adjustment? What's the kickout guy do? Starts with an L. What do y'all do? Log. You log. Sorry, you log it. Yeah, you log it, right? So something I'll do in Indy when my guys understand Algebra 1, where we're surfing down, we're ripping, well, now I'll turn with that hand shield, and I'll beat the hell out of them with it, okay? Not like put me in jail, beat the hell out of me. <laughs> but I will literally, I'll force it. I'll log that guy and push that guy down, drive my feet so they can understand what that's going to feel like on a Friday. Um, so that's huge for me, just a one. I can be forceful with that hand shield um, and still get them to feel it. Yeah, that's good stuff. And I, just using this equipment in the pack, I got another question I'm going to ask real quick right off of this stuff. Uh, elaborating off of that, you know, I, I'm, a, I'm a spread type person. I like being in the spread if I can. Um, coaching receivers, I've coached receivers a lot. Let me just give you like a scenario. So this is kind of a, it's off script scenario type deal. We'll let Coach Fields kind of go first and then Coach Posting can answer. So I got a good slot receiver. I got a good slot receiver. Uh, give me kind of like your philosophy or a couple things that you might do to try to either collision him, you know, reroute him, press him. What, just give me kind of some insight into what you might would do with a, a good slot receiver. Need more context. Are you talking on a Friday night or I've seen it? Um, the weekend before and we're game planning for it. Is this a practice? What do I do? Or let's just say you're game planning for it. Like you give me a game, like you, you know coming into the to game, like the game, we've got a good slot receiver. We like to put him in a slot. We don't move him around very much. What's kind of with your outside linebackers, what what's kind of your attack plan there? Well, first of all, you've pissed me off when you've done that. Um, <laughs> just gonna be completely honest with you, but uh, go into a little bit more of my experience at Berkeley because we were more, I'll be honest with you, those four two guys are a little bit more versatile than those three four reduction guys. Um, from what I'm, I've seen, that may be completely different for some other people. But speaking out of that four two, um, we want to, God, somebody's going to be like, this guy has no idea what he's talking about. We want to just get in that guy's way and piss him off. A lot of coaches, a lot of older coaches will tell you, just beat him down and knock him down. I can tell you all from the five million snaps my outside linebackers have had, 
there's not much of them where we just take that guy and slam him to the ground. Um, <laughs> yeah. My coaches at Berkeley, my guys that I worked with were a lot older than me, and they got pissed off at me when I said, Coach, we're not going to literally physically knock him down. Um, what we do is, and I learned this because I've had to work with Coach Willis, is we're going to determine our leverage now to make him release a certain way. Um, if I've got a really, really good outside linebacker, I had one that start in corner at Wingate right now, Trey Morrison. He's an absolute dog. All-American this All year. All-American, Bo. He gets after it. But he played outside linebacker for us. He could play head up as far as his pre-snap leverage. And now that, that wide receiver, that slot, really doesn't know what he's doing. Um, if you've got a little puppy starting off and you're in the right coverage, put him on his outside shoulder and funnel him into the safety. Um, make that guy release a certain way. It's not necessarily reroute and knock him to the ground. And a lot of people in this pot are going to be like, man, this dude an idiot, man. But, yeah, we want to be physical to that slot, but we just want to piss him off. We want to just slow him down just a little bit. Um, and like I said, there's a, prog- there's a progression with everything. So if you've got a dude at outside linebacker like I have had before, put him head up. Um, disguise it a little bit. Uh, if you're in the 3-4 reduction, and he's the flo- – I call that guy the floater. You probably call – what do you call it, Coach Poston? Do you call it an Oki guy or uh, – We call it reduction in an Oki, yeah. Yeah, so the guy away from who's coming in C-gap is their Oki right. guy. Um, Oki's I, the opposite guy. You know, right. That's opposite of the reduction. That's yeah. just how we – teach it to our kids so essentially if you're not familiar with what they do that's that's kind of uh he's kind of the force player down there um so i mean if if you're in that type of defense you could act like there's nobody on that number two and get out there post snap and that guy could be going shit man i got a free release right here i ain't got nobody but the safety i got this and then all of a sudden gotcha bam there's the oaky guy up in his face so the biggest thing to me is letting my outside linebackers know what leverage they're going to get in pre-snap and where we're going to funnel him to because that's what we need to work on in practice. Um, if I have a dude, we, we've manned him up before and kind of doubled him essentially. Um, if you've got a guy who can hang with it, stab with your inside arm and make a man turn and make that guy go farther away from the quarterback because we all know in high school the farther you get away from the ball, the snap of the ball, the harder that throw is for a quarterback. So just a couple things. Coach Boston, you got anything to add to that one? I mean, uh, you know, it's just very similar to what you're saying. I, I just really teach my guys because we teach our guys to really be – because we're a field and boundary guy. Um, you know, a field guy, if he's got two receivers, he's most likely going to be in an apex, all right? Um, my... Uh-oh, I believe we lost Coach Poston there for a second. Oh, hold on, hold on, Coach. Coach. We, we, lost kind of, we kind of froze up a little bit. Go ahead. You were just – Apex uh, you, guy. Yeah, you talked about Apex. A- Go ahead. Apex. Okay, yeah. So, like I said, uh, you know, we differentiate between field and boundary. And, you know, my my field outside backer, you know, when he got when he has two receivers, he's most likely going to Apex the number two receiver and the EOL, which is the end man online for the people that are just learning. Um, my boundary guy, because of the fact that, you know, 78 to 80% of all high school football is on the hash, my boundary guy is going to be head up if he has two receivers. And usually my boundary guy is probably not going to be as fast as my field, you know, just because of spacing. Um, but the biggest thing that I really teach is to get in that inside hip and force them out, okay? Like, like what feels force force the longest, shortest throw. That's our philosophy in the passing game. I, I want that ball to go deep outside or 
long and behind behind the line of scrimmage. Okay, but the biggest thing that we teach our outside backers is, you know, when we get in that leverage, is getting hands on, moving. Like, again, you know, like what Coach Field says, are we actually going to be able, you know, 99% of the time, are we get are, are we going to be able to put that kid on the ground? No. But what we can do is we can get him off his route and we can mess up the timing between that quarterback and that receiver on that throw. Even just a half a second can mean the difference between a completion, an incomplete, interception or a sack you never know so we just really want to really mess up that timing hey coach so just kind of elaborate a little bit when you're talking about that apex player you know he's to the field he's got two receivers he's apex and the slot receiver and the tackle what's what's he kind of looking at what are you teaching him to look at to determine okay i need to drop in coverage or i need to try to get a little something on this the slot receiver what, what are you kind of teaching those guys to, to look at and read you know, first thing first, it depends on the type of guy that I have at, at outside backer. You know, it, it, if he's a dude, then I'll kind of tell him to cheat a little bit more. And because we are dis, because we are a disguise team, cheat a little bit more towards the box because he's fast enough and good enough to actually be able to get to that space as quickly as possible. All right, because, you know, if we're apexing and that number two receiver's on the hash and the ball is on the other hash, that's a long throw mm-hmm. for that quarterback to make, and yeah. he's got to do it on a dime. Because if, if he lobs that, that safety's coming down, that corner's coming in, and and, and even if the dude catches it, he's probably going to get hit. Um, so, But we're still run-read first. You know, we're still reading our, our our tackles because, you know, if it's a run, we got to come down and fit it. You know, we're going to like old-school linebacker play. Quick on the run, be late for the pass. You know, just get in those lanes. Yeah, so now Coach Fields, talk a little bit about alignment too, like as far as depth. Like what, what are you teaching those guys? Like is it you got like a specific, you know, five yards? Just kind of tell me like your alignment technique there. Coach Willis knows me so well. <laughs> so here's the deal. I love to be situational with my guys and that's something I preach and I think that's how you get defensive guys football smart fast. So um, if it's a rundown, you know, let's just – Let's just keep going with I'm kind of more this 4-2 for this pod, and then Coach Poston's more that 3-4 sure. type outside linebacker. It just makes it kind of easy so we don't piggyback off each other. So I love to be situational. Um, depending on the coverage, obviously, this is the great part about outside linebackers. So depending on the coverage, if you're more of a flats type player and you're in the field and you've got a lot of area to cover, we're going to be anywhere from first and ten – we're anywhere from, you know, kind of five by five or five yards off an apex and like Coach talked about. Um, as the – and this is another answer for the slot question if anybody has to deal with this. If it starts getting more to that passing down, I'm getting my guy over top of that number two now, and I don't give two craps about the run if it's third and ten from my outside linebacker. Um, I think that's where – if you've got that guy who kind of the joker, a lot of people call it the star or the joker, whatever you call it, if that guy's kind of a hybrid guy, let him be a hybrid guy. Put him to the passing strength. Let him make a slot really release the way you want him to as a DC, you know, or, or a pass game guy. Um, and that's something that I kind of preach to my guys before is if it's third and ten, don't read the end man. Read the number two. Be situational. 
Um, and it takes practice. you got to do it, and it's got to fit into your defense. That might not fit into your defense or how your DC wants to run it. But at outside linebacker, we can really be situational and we can know, okay, right here's a pass. Like if, if they're 80% pass on third and 10, well then treat it like a pass from that guy. You know, let him come up and be the force player late. Um, so alignment changes, man, and especially in that 3-4 pre-snap like Coach Poston's working on. Hopefully, you'll never know where his guys are. Hopefully, you'll never know their true alignment. That's the goal. Now, so again, uh, can, I, can I piggyback off yeah, what? Uh, go ahead, coach. Go ahead, coach. You know, with coach being very situational, and then you know, we, you know Phil's probably going to make fun of me on this one because it is an offense of what offenses tend tend to do a lot. We'll give our guys a tag, and you know, hey, in this situation, we you know we, whatever we call. It, let's just say you know you know, blue. Okay. When you hear blue, it's going to be run. You know, we want you to really play the run. I'm yep. not really worried about the pass right here. We're going to play run and we'll do the same thing. You know, this is a very terminology. We'll call them stick, stick, stick. You know, that's a very wide terminology. We're going to play the sticks. You know, we're going to be late for the run, but we're going to be first on pass, you know? So that's where we go. We like to tag a lot of stuff. And, and, and what I think that we also do is like, I don't say that to the whole defense. Like, I don't tell the defensive lineman. Like, I only look at my guys, and only my gu- my guys know this signal, you know, and our DBs has the same system. that They know that one signal, so that way there's we, we eliminate confusion. Absolutely. And, and you, Coach, I'm, I'm the biggest fan of tags there probably is in the world. I love tags. That's absolutely my kind of stuff right there. Um, <laughs> But I'm, I'm still I'm intrigued about this apex stuff because, all right, so I'm gonna get, I'm still gonna ask like so you're it's second down and ten second and eight uh, whatever you can run it's run pass it's kind of either or now are you trying to tell that guy who's you know he's apex in the slot and the tackle if it's pass are you still trying to ask him to try to get a piece of the receiver or is that is he just pretty much looking to drop into a zone or a coverage? Well, if I'm telling if I'm if I gave him that tag. He better be rerouting that receiver, and he better be playing pass ninety percent first, you know. Um, but again, like what you said, that 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 second and eight and stuff, that, that those are tough downs, you know. Yeah. Second and five, it, it's hard to get an actual tag because you really, you know. Yes, we all have film breakdown. Yes, we all have formation breakdowns. You know, good defensive coordinators, you know, 95 percent of the time know what the offense is going to do. You know, it's can we can we get our kids to know that? That's always the big thing. Um, you know, but going along with what you said, you know, we're still going to play the run, and we'll tag it if it's a pass if we need to. Yeah, Coach Fields, any experience like? And I, we we again we're trying to put you defensive guys into a situation you don't want to be in, but if that guy's apexing and all of a sudden it's a, and say the ball's on the hash and he's got to get to my slot receiver on the hash. You know what? Like it's it's hard to get a piece of that guy all the time. So, do you say, "Hey, try to get a piece of him," and then get to your? No, I've been fired a lot on the field. I've been fired a lot at practice um, for not getting a piece of him. Yeah, don't worry. I came back the next day. (laughs) They they like me too much. But I've been fired a lot because guys think that apexers can somehow do it all. Um, If you, we talked about it earlier, but if you really want to learn defensive football coach outside linebackers and your ass is going to get fired a couple times here. Um, oh you, yeah. You know, you can't, it's, Cam, you got me fired two years ago. Right. I mean, it's just like, I, I don't know, man. 
Apexon to me is great in the run game and the pass game. You're just giving an OC something. I think that's where Coach Will is kind of getting to. It's almost impossible to ask that guy to do all that. Yeah. Um, as an apex player, you know, but you, that's where you got to play with people, man. Change your leverage. Change all that. Make a make a quarterback go. Oh crap! He's not an apex guy anymore. Yeah. He's outside leverage on that number two. What is he doing? Yeah. You know. Well, and again, this is. You're talking about like, and I'm asking as if I've got a offense that oh we can run the football and we can throw it whenever we want. I mean, obviously, if you have a team that you're not afraid of running the football, you might kind of start leak that guy out a little bit more towards the receiver. Or it's all you, situational yeah. to me, but yeah, so, yeah. I'm just trying to put you know devil's advocate. That's kind of what I'm doing. You know, John, just trying to get some technique stuff and, and talking about that stuff. But this is you know some some good conversation. I, I just and the last thing that I want to say about that is the last thing I teach you is if you can't get there. Don't chase that number two receiver vertical trying to reroute. There you go. You know, get, because something's get coming to your area. Yep. Yeah. He leaves, get, something's coming get back. Get to your spot. Yep. All right. That's the big thing. Get to your spot, reroute second. Yep. You know, it's all about spacing and zone. So, yeah. And so that's, that's kind of what I was asking. Like, if are you, are you putting emphasis on trying to get a piece of them? Yeah. But if not, then you got to get to a certain area and play your zone cover. So that's, that's good stuff. Um, yeah. So we'll kind of jump in. Uh, kind of switch gears a little bit. We're talking about, you know, uh, different things, different techniques. Um, but, yeah, we'll jump right into that. You know, kind of switch gears here. We've been talking about, you know, some technique-type things, stuff like that. A couple of questions. Uh, one I'm kind of curious about is developing lower-level OB, uh, outside linebackers. So how do you identify, first off, and develop lower-level outside linebackers and work to develop those coaches as well? Um. I'm, I'm, I'm going to start with the kids first. Um, first thing with, with, with the kids, and I feel like everybody says this about defense as a whole, but you're really looking for those high motor guys that are just always finding their way around the football. People that are just flying around. They're the energetic type of kid that's always bouncing off the walls. I just feel like those guy type of kids make really good outside linebackers because they like again like what we talked about in the beginning of the podcast they're asked to do a whole lot um next you know with my field guys you know you, you my my field outside backers i'm really looking more like a more of a longer lankier more of a basketball type of a player just because of the fact that you know lots of lots of space that he has to deal with so the longer he is you know longer arms the taller the better he can get in the way and knock down passes um, my boundary guy, I really, I really don't care how big or small or tall or fast he is. That's not what I'm worried about with him. I'm really just want him to be tough. Just be that overall grunt. Uh, the guy that just, cause he's going to be the one that's going to take on the heavy runs. He's going to take on the majority of the tight ends. He's going to take on the majority of, of the kickouts and stuff. So he's got to be able to just be an overall tough hard nose do um and then you know how we develop is you know right off the rip we do uh varsity and jv together and this past year we had two jvs we had you know jv1 and jv2 well i had all three level of varsity jv1 and jv2 all together doing my my individual okay you know the all the drills we did together i had eyes on them and we did it all uh, and again, I had help from my uh, JV assistant, you know, the legendary Mike Monette. Um, if you ain't never heard of him, you do now. Um, 
he's just an absolutely fantastic guy and he helps me out. Um, and he knows so much because he's, he's one of those guys that's just been, he's been coaching a really long time and has tons of experience and I learn things from him every day. Um, but again, you know, we work together. Uh, and then there's times where going into our, you know, passing stuff and group stuff where we'll split the JV on one side and the varsity together, even though we're still in our individual period. Um, and I'll have my varsity guys doing the same drill on this side and my JV guys doing the same drill on the right side. And then what and what I'll have them do is I'll have them switch lines. So essentially, I always have my varsity guys going up against varsity guys and my JV guys going up against JV guys. But the biggest thing is my kids are getting reps and I'm having eyes on them and they're getting not only coaching from me, but they're also getting coaching by their actual position coach as well. Um, and there's even times where we'll split it up to a certain degree where I'll have him. And then again, this is the benefits of 5A. You know, having assistance, you know, quality assistance. Some five A coach, some five A. Some some five A. You know, we've we've we're getting there. Um, you know, it wasn't too long ago we were in the same boat y'all were. Um, <laughs> but um, you know, I'll have him take all my boundary outside backers, and they and they're working on one drill, and I'm taking all my field guys, and working on a completely different drill, and we're just and then again we'll switch it up, and they're and they're rotating, and again. So in a matter of about three to four minutes, all all my levels, which is probably about fifteen guys, you know, are getting not quality reps from quality coaches. Um, we're trying we're trying to work our way getting our B team. And for those of you out there in the state, uh, our B team is our seventh and eighth grade, and we're trying to work our way into uh, getting to where those guys for for individual period type stuff is doing the same things that we are uh, at the same time. Um, I also myself, I'm also the JV defensive coordinator for, for both the JV one and the JV two. So I'm coaching Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday night. Um, and so is all, and so is the majority of our varsity coaches as well. We do everything together. I also this year have helped, have gone down to the B team, depending on if I could get there in time, whether it was bus situations for away games or just being, being available at home, which 99% of the time I am is going down and helping the B team coaches and coaching those guys because we're all running the same defense. We're all, we're all using the same terminology. So I go down and help and help those guys out and coach those guys. Now, yeah, you know, it's, it's in the game. They're coming off to the side and, you know, are you able to correct everything? No, but those guys are getting coached and we're trying to make the best of a situation with our current situation, what we have, you know, we, we, we'd like to say we have, you know, a position coach at every single for, for varsity, JV one, JV two, and B team, but that's just not the case. So we got to, you know, Coach Fiddler always says steal some. We got to steal time. So that's the that's my time that I'm having to steal time to coach my guys. Yeah, absolutely, Coach. And just from experience, I mean, obviously you you got a kid that say he's in the ninth grade and he's getting coached by you as a ninth grader, a tenth grader, eleventh grader, twelfth grader. It, it makes it pays big dividends. You know, it's it's big time help. So. Uh, yeah, that's that's good stuff, Coach Fields. What about you? Like, what are you looking for when you're looking at those, you know, younger guys trying to identify those outside linebackers for your your scheme? Yeah. So, once again, we, we want to do a good job of not just absolutely stealing and saying the same things over and over again. Coach Poston did things that you know either I've done before or want to get to doing. Um, as far as coaches, one thing I'm working on right now, currently this off season, and I coach defensive line, but 
you know, we all have assistants right now, is I'm coming up with kind of position manual, um, something that they can kind of look at and go over. Um, not everybody has the meeting time or, you know, you might have lower level guys that maybe don't teach or have a bunch of kids or coach three sports or whatever. And one thing I think is great is I'm going to do a Google Classroom with those guys. That's something I've never done before. I'm going to try to put, you know, our JV D-line guy and our B-team D-line guy and as many players as we can and just have kind of a manual, uh, which I think is good. Something with your terminology on it, something where if you get a new lower-level guy on staff, then you can just say, hey, coach, I'm going to add you to this Google Classroom. You know, let's meet in person or let's meet Google Meet and let's get that guy up to speed. Uh, I think something as well with the lower-level guys is your B-team outside linebackers, you know, our B-team seventh and eighth as well. If you're middle school outside linebackers, they, they may not end up being your varsity starter. So as far as what I'm looking for is maybe on B-team, I'm just looking for a dude, a stud on defense. I might be looking for an offensive guy. If you use tight ends and your B-team uses tight end or H-back, that might be a kid that I'm looking for going, hmm, can we steal him for JV? I think when those kids get to JV, they need to end up being your starters. Um, but you might, especially in that 4-2 look, your you're hybrid guy, your star, your joker, whatever you want to call it, um, that's going to be a dude, okay? And that might not be – he might not be the dude in middle school right now. Uh, the kid's playing outside linebacker on the B team because your scheme's going to be same but simple. Um, those guys might end up playing the four technique. They might end up playing inside linebacker on the varsity. Uh, so middle school-wise, you're just looking for, I think, just kind of smarter kids or maybe kids that they're going to grow into that role as far as physically. Because you know how much a kid changes from 7th grade to 10th grade or 11th. I think when you get to the JV talking about your players, you need to have those guys kind of cemented that like, all right, this guy's going to be our joker next year. You know, he's going to be our starting joker. That way he can start learning Algebra 1 on JV and then work to Algebra 2. That way you're not having to start over every single year as far as a, a, a coach, a position coach. So those are just a couple of things I'll add to that that I'm either going to do or have already done. Yeah, and, and quick plug too, like it, to me, and, and again, this is why we're kind of doing this stuff. If you're a varsity coach and you have a JV coach or a B team coach or a C team or B, whatever it's called, wherever you're at, it don't matter. Spend some time with them. If you can't do it in person, like Coach Fields is talking about, do a Google Classroom or whatever because here's the deal. If you don't physically get to coach those kids that day at practice, they're not going to know what you want to be taught unless the coach that's coaching them also knows. So, again, if you're a varsity guy, you know, get with the JV guy or get with the B team guy and make sure y'all, you know, give them the terminology. Can I, I kind of yeah. have a real-life example of that? Sure, go ahead. So I felt terrible coming into Cane Bay about um, being able to communicate with my B-team guy. So our B-team defensive line guy came in from Lexington, and we got done at the varsity with the summer workouts when I came in uh, when B-team was starting. Or maybe we weren't there. We were doing something else. So what it came down to and why I felt bad about this is those defense alignment on the B team when I would watch them on Thursdays weren't necessarily doing what I wanted to do. But I didn't go out of my way to get on that coach because I hadn't taken the time as a position coach to teach him what I wanted from those B team guys. And that's something at the end of the season I kind of talked to Russ about and was like, man, 
I got to do a better job of that. I mean, it's just part of self-evaluation. So just a real-life example, if you're a position coach, you know, if your middle school guy isn't doing it right, but you haven't told him what you wanted, don't get on his ass about it and make him feel like crap. Um, you know, just, just a real life. I feel bad about that. I didn't do that as a coach this year. Everything was so crazy. Yeah, I mean, you can't get mad at someone if they don't know what you want to teach those kids. So, you know, that's, that's kind of my thing, you know. Or, or at the same time, they're in, a, they're in a situation where they're having to coach, you know, one dude is having to coach the whole defense. Absolutely. Correct. You know, like there are a lot of programs out there where it, it's like that. You know, you can't get on those guys about every position group doing the fundamentals fully correctly. To a certain degree, just be happy they're running your defense. Absolutely. Be happy they're learning terminology. Yeah, and terminology, all that fun stuff. Learning how to be a whatever. In, in Coach Poston's case, it's Swamp Fox. Learn how to be a Swamp Fox. Learn how to be a football player. If they Absolutely. can get in that stance and they they maybe not understand, but they can remember, oh, yeah, Coach whoever said butterface. Coach whoever said oak ear reduction. You know, that's a win in my book for those lower levels. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Um, it, it's a big deal because all places aren't the same. I mean, you might be at a 1A school and you – I mean, again, but you might be coaching all those guys. Or, uh, like at Coach the varsity level, said. you might be coaching most of those guys. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, obviously, if, if your other coaches don't know what you're wanting to be taught, you know, make sure you take the time to, to make sure they understand first too. So, I guess that was a quick little plug there. Um, you know, real quick, I just want to jump into – we kind of – I probably could have talked about it earlier, but like some group stuff. Like we're talking about group stuff – so, Coach Fields, I'll kind of let you kind of circle back and then let Coach Poston take, you know, when you're finished. But what are you guys looking for during your group periods from your outside linebackers? Uh, so, during Indy, um, you know, we get all those things we already talked about. When we get to group, if it's inside, I'm looking for play side versus backside, and I'm really hammering technique and fundamentals of block destruction. Um, it's a great chance when you're going inside run. If you're the fold guy, not you know you teach fold and indie, and there's no guard coming after that guy, right? So he, it's easy for him to just shuffle and fold once he gets into your program, knows what to do. During inside, let's just say you're the fold player, that freaking guard or tackle is screaming at your behind. He's trying to cut you off, right? He's taking his 45, whatever he's doing in the steps, and he's coming to – cut you off so if you're the fold guy in, in the inside drill you know inside run you've got to find a way to rip either inside or outside and that's kind of some leeway I give to good players is I'm not going to tell you rip outside shoulder of the guard every time if you're the fold guy there might be situations where that guy's cutting back and you got to cut to the inside shoulder uh, so that's something I'm looking for is getting your fits right are, are you taking the right steps um, when we get to seven-on-seven, seven, which to me is another huge group period, then we're working on – we're situational, right? So we're working on, all right, maybe we have a man coverage set uh, – coverage this week as far as our outside linebackers. Well, I'm looking for is he going to stab with the inside hand? Is he going to man turn? Is he going to force the guy outside? Um, if you're a big cover four team, are you getting enough depth? Are you rerouting that guy? Uh, I'm looking to really hone in on – is he doing the things that we worked on in Indy, but is he doing them fast? Uh, if, you know, Coach Willis was great at attacking our pattern matching stuff. He was great at attacking our spot drop stuff. And his receivers knew what we were going to do. They knew it when we walked on the field for seven on seven. So it was a great chance to say, good on good, let's get after it. 
It wasn't necessarily who's the toughest guy. It wasn't necessarily if we won the seven on seven against the you know our teammates. It necessarily oh we gave up three yards a day in inside run. It's did my play side guys fit? Did my fold guys fit correctly in seven on seven? Did we funnel it to the safety? Did we say in, in, in? Did we say out, out, out? I mean, communication is another great thing with seven-on-seven, seven, I think. And that's something I preached when I first got to cross. Those guys will tell you we communicate, right? So seven-on-seven is a great example of in a group period, my outside linebackers, if we're a zone, we've got to communicate. We've got to take our right steps. Another thing I look for is I hate when – we at outside linebacker, we go to lunge at that guy. If we're trying to get hands on number two and we just lunge, buzz your feet and let that guy come to you. I mean, there's just little cues. You know, as teachers, we're always talking about cues. There's little cues that I'm looking for those kids to do during group periods. Yeah, Coach Poston, anything you got to kind of – I know you probably do a lot of the similar you know stuff that Coach Fields talks about. Anything else you want to add to that? Yeah, I mean, you know, um, it it's all the same stuff, really. Uh, but, you know, pre-snap, are my guys m moving and disguising? You know, are they deploying to their spots when they need to? Um, you know, Which is harder than you think. If you haven't yeah. taught, you know, or coached in that type of defense, it's harder than you think. It's a progression it's, it's, deal. It's hard. And, 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 you know, the term is the indicator, and it, and it changes from week to week, from offense to offense you play. Um, you know, in – and you know, on on the snap of the ball, you know, are the, are they doing their job? Are they making their correct reads? Are they doing their butt reads and face reads correctly? You know, um, you know, when he gets to seven on seven, you know, the one thing that just absolutely irritates me to death, and I know Fields is going to do the same thing, um, is that when when my outside backer chases that number two receiver on a bubble and leaves and and leaves the curl wide open. You know, that absolutely just freaking irritates me. Yeah, I'm a big depth guy when it comes to, yeah. to zone coverage. De get depth and let them throw it underneath. Yeah, um, you know, it's just, you know, for our things, we're, we're, we're big on fundamentals. Yes, we scheme teams. Yes, we at times change a little bit what we do. We, you know, we 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 put our calls to, to match what the offense is going to do that week. But at the end of the day, we just preach the fundamentals that the fundamentals are going to win the game. You know, talking with Fields for over a situation going on the past two weeks that he that he knows about, um, you know, he – I saw we, – we talked and he said the 80-20 rule, you know, that our fundamentals and we're going to prepare – excuse me, we're going to prepare for 80% of everything they do. Or, you know, we're going to prepare for everything. But, you know, at the same time, they might come out in something different that week. But because we harp on the fundamentals – week in and week out from day one of spring practice, you know, all the way until hopefully this day, the state championship, that that 20% of something that we ain't seen before, we will be okay to live to fight another down because we harp on those fundamentals, you know, the button face reads, you know, doing our assignments, doing our job, flying to the football, you know, being, you know, you know, hesitating, being that fold guy when you need to be, and then flying to the football when it's time, you know, DBs getting to your spots, it's we just preach the fundamentals, and I think that's just one of the reasons that, you know, as our own defense, we've had a very good defense the past couple of years, led by Chris Collins. Yeah, that's good. And I, I'm going to ask a question, uh, kind of elaborating off of that. I'm gonna, we're going to take a small little break, and I'm going to come right back into this and ask you guys a question off of that. 
just elaborating off of that, you, we're talking about coaching your guys up in, in, during, in, a, in a group setting, you know, group period, stuff like that. So, and we'll kind of go with you first, Coach Post, and I'll just kind of circle it back around to Coach Fields. So you're coaching these guys up, and, and you, you notice a mistake or something. Like you said, a guy chases, you know, a flat route instead of, you know, getting depth or whatever. How do you – like, what's kind of your philosophy? Are you one to, you know, coach him on the fly? Do you replace him and you talk to him? Like, kind of give your – how are you correcting your guys during practice? Well, you know, first things first, it does depend on the kid. And this is something that I've it, – it took me a long time. I'm on year eight of coaching, and it's taken me a long time to understand. And, and, and my reason is because, you know, I said it in the podcast earlier, you know, the fact that, you know, I'm a military guy, went to the Citadel, all right? My dad's a Marine. My uncle's a Marine. Okay, I coach football and I coach wrestling. You know, very intense sports. My whole life has been very intense. So very early in my career – you know, uh, stealing from an earlier podcast, very hair on fire type of of coaching. Um, Coach Young, shout out. Yeah, you know, uh, going back, but, you know, going back to, to really answer your question, is it, it just really depends on the kid. You know, is he a kid that I can yell at? Yeah. Or is he a kid that I need to pull out for a second and talk to him about, okay? Um, you know, Next thing is, and even whether he needs to be talked about or needs to be yelled at, is this a mistake that we don't see a lot? Or is this a mistake that I've harped on since day one? You know, going back to the example is chasing the bubble. My kids know to never chase the bubble. Yeah. But you know what? Sometimes the kids do it. And, you know, and it's week seven, week eight, and we're going up against an air raid team or whoever it is. And they're going to try and bubble and all practice. And, you know, it's Tuesday after, you know, and they chase the bubble. Well, you know what? I'm probably going to be a little bit more angry and harping <laughs> on them than they, you know, they would if it's the second day of spring practice or the first day of fall camp, you know. So, like I said, it, but initially I am a very, you know, intense guy, but I'm all, I, I like to consider myself to be firm but fair. But I am very loud. I, I do lead the dynamic and stuff. I'm just a very loud individual so now I like what you said though coach is just figuring out you know what kind of coaching does that kid need like again everybody doesn't respond the same so I kind of like what Mm -hmm. you said there so coach Fields kind of your philosophy on you know correcting (laughs) in practice I kind of I've been around you so I I just want to see what you're going to say here (laughs) can can we get a comparison after I'm done of of what really happens sure so (laughs) here here's my example is uh, we're in seven on seven, and I do this all the time. But once again, let's just say you're an outside linebacker with me, and you've got the flats. Whatever the coverage is, you have the flats. It's trips to you. It's seven on seven, so I'm telling you to put hands on, you know, number two. Put hands on number number to three. Who who cares? But you have the flats. It's trips, and they run flood, and they run freaking flood, and your butt jumps the early out, the quick out, and they throw the deep out behind you, it's not going to be good for you. I'm just going <laughs> to let you know. I don't care what type of kid you are. It's not going to be good. Um, something day one that I preach, if it's trips, think flood. It's a To me, it's a good little teaching point for you guys who coach outside linebackers and you don't say this yet. If it's trips and you've got um, the flats, Think it's flood from the start. And if it's not, great. Then we can just get hands on somebody and they're going to go vertical and you talk. But if you've got the flats, 
You need to be deep. Date that guy. And, you know, we say kids are selfish nowadays, whatever. Something I preach to my kids is if you let him throw it underneath you, you can tackle that guy, right, and get you a stat. If you jump the early and they throw it right over the top of your head for a deep out, ain't nobody tackling that joker. We're asking a safety to come over there and play that. Good luck. That play's designed for him to catch it and get out of bounds or make a guy miss and get upfield. So, I mean, your butt's getting chewed on things like that. Now, if you're going up against a superior athlete, like, okay, DJ, for example. There were times with DJ Chisholm, who's playing at Middle Tennessee State, fastest kid I've ever freaking seen, we would ask our outside linebackers, because it's 7-on-7, I want to see if he can do it. He might be playing man on that cat. It ain't going to happen. Coach Willis (laughs) is calling smash. Good freaking luck, bro. I'm not going to get on that kid. If he did his technique right, and he just got beat right there, that's part of football. You know, now if he didn't even try, if he didn't buzz his feet, that's completely different. Um, but in a group, are we going more group period here, Coach Willis? Or I mean, just, yeah, I mean, you're in a group, I guess a group type Practice setting. Practice type yeah. setting, right? Like, how are you correcting your guys? Like, what do you, what's kind of your philosophy on correcting your guys Well, to, to get more in-depth to what Coach Poston said, if it's a guy that's an older guy and you've done it 30 times – Get his butt out and just don't say anything to him. Yeah. Because I'm big about, you know, I'm going to give those kids hell as far as I'm going to mess with them, I'm going to coach them up, I'm going to constantly talk to them. I talk too much to my players. But there are times if you've got an older guy, like a senior, just don't talk to him. Just get him out and put another guy in and coach that guy up. You know what I mean? Oh, well, you're not coaching that guy. I am. I'm trying to teach him that I've told you this enough. You're just not going to play if you don't do it right. Coaches got me all worked up here. Yeah. If you've got a younger guy, right, if you've got a younger guy, pat him on his butt and kind of rub his back and tell him, hey, Bo, this is what we got to do. And then a lot of times when you coach it and they know what's coming, they're going to tell you what they did wrong before it even comes out of your mouth. They're going to turn around and look at you and go, oh, coach, I did it. I did it. I did it. (laughs) Yep. Listen, you don't have to be mean about it. You just go – Get out. A lot of guys, and I'm kind of the same when it comes to that. Like, if I'm, if, you know, I'm, again, you identify how you can coach each kid. That's, I'm the same way. But a lot of times, like, if you you take that kid out and you're not coaching him, he's like, oh, shoot, he ain't even, he ain't even like coaching me no more. This ain't good. This ain't good. Like, I need to, I need to fix something. So, you know, it's, it is funny because I've seen you do it before, you know, and I've seen you. It is, you know, you take that when you might have a little a little period with the JV kids, you're coaching those kids a little bit differently because obviously the expectations aren't the same quite yet. Right. But, you know, you don't want to scare them away and be like, I don't want to, you know, co- play for Coach Fields no more. Like, yep. you know, so that's – And sometimes those kids aren't going to learn until it happens on a Friday night yeah. and there's points on the board. Yeah. I'll be completely honest with you all. A yep. lot of times I'm a, I'm a learn-as-I-do type person anyway. Somebody could hammer it into me, but until I do it myself – and screw up myself, I'll go, oh, yeah, I really don't want to do that again. Yeah. You know, it's just realistic. I mean, we we act like these kids listen to every little thing we do. that They don't. I mean, I coach the hell out of some of my kids, and some of them ain't listen to me either way. Yeah, they're yep. kids. You know? They're, they're you know, 14, 15, 16, 17-year-old kids. So, go ahead, Coach. What happens a lot, too, is the fact that, you know, that kid, the starter, you know, he's a, he's, he's a senior, and, he, and scout teams all weeks are nothing but JV sophomores. Yep. You know, he's just going to – He's able to get away with a lot more because he's just a better athlete, right. a little bit more experienced at the time, you know. So he feels that he can get away with that on a Friday night. 
Now, obviously, you don't want the kid to realize on Friday nights because that means the band's playing and, you know, and you're everyone's getting angry and tempers right. are going. But, like, I agree with you, Phil. Sometimes, like, you don't want it to happen, but sometimes it's the only way for that kid to learn until he sees a true starter on the other side. Yep. Yeah, I'm with you. That that's a good little. Uh, I, that was, I kind of threw that one at you guys off the script a little bit, but you know, just just wanted to kind of get your your thoughts on some of that stuff. Um, yeah, so we're kind of winding it down here. Uh, got a fun little finish here. You know, we've kind of asked these other guys in the positional episodes. Uh, so, Coach Poston, we're gonna go a little little fun finish here. Um, right. If you could have a free year to coach anything other than outside linebackers, what would you decide to coach? Tight ends. Okay. Um, because it's just it's like the it's the offensive version of the outside backer. There you go. Um, you know, I, I think actually Phil said it earlier in the podcast. Um, coaching tight ends, you're involved in all the run in the run game and the passing game. It means that you know I'm going to learn offensive line blocking schemes, pass protections, all that fun stuff. Because um, you know, and just being honest on this podcast. I feel that's my weak point right now in my coaching career is not understanding fully the blocking protections and how they operate. Now, yes, I am doing things on my own to try and learn it and get better. Yeah. But, you know, if you're saying that I have a free year that doesn't count against me and everything and I get a free chance to learn, I'm going to be tight ends because I'm going to be able to, at the same time, learn all the blocking schemes and why they're actually blocking it this way and at the same time do all your – you're also involved with the passing concepts, and I'm learning the passing concepts into why they're calling this. Yeah, I like it, Coach. A little outside the box there. Probably not what most people would say, but, I mean, it makes a lot of sense. I, I like the answer there. Um, Coach Fields, you, I think you've already answered this question, or have you? Have you already answered this question in the previous episode? Or? Yeah, what well, we didn't tell you all is Coach Post and I are going to coach offensive line and tight end somewhere. We can't disclose <laughs> where yet. Is it Bishop Sycamore? <laughs> yes, 100%. <laughs> No, I like offensive line, man. Um, I'd really like to be involved with the offensive line. Uh, I know it would kind of mess up my career goals. It would probably help me be a head coach, but would love to coach him offensive line at some point. Yeah, that's uh, you know, I yeah. don't mean to answer it because I mean I've already answered. Do it. I, I, I want to coach Just third. Be quick, I want to be third down defensive ends. That's what I want. Man, that is. <laughs> I'm telling you, that's that's my goal. I just want to. I want to get, you know, Davion Clowney, coach. Absolutely. Listen. Turn your hat sideways and put yeah. you some shades on, and we'll rock we'll and roll. Back on. You yeah. could just scream. You could just come with us on Fridays and just be my face guy. That's fine. So, like, on third downs on my defense line, it's no secret. I'm screaming face. My little fat butt is jumping up and down. I'm pointing at my face, and my defensive ends are knowing, oh, it's going to be a face read. Let me adjust, right? Yeah. You could be that guy for me. Absolutely. Whatever. <laughs> Does it pay the same supplement as everybody else? We can make it happen. <laughs> I'm down for it all the way. Yeah. Okay. All right. So, that, that you know, perfect. Short and sweet there. Um, last little question here for the aired out segment, uh, Coach Poston. Um, obviously, you're a young coach yourself, but you've been coaching, like you said, for eight years. Just give some advice for younger coaches looking to advance, you know, up in the in the ranks. All right. Um, you know, first things first, you know, get your CDL. It makes life easier. I have it. I've had one for about, you know, ever since I got to Ashley Ridge, so about four or five years now. Um, I've made a lot of money on the side. It's made it's made planning so much easier. Okay, even if you don't get paid, it just makes planning so much easier that you don't have to 
figure out someone to drive. Um, and and honestly, and also another benefit that they don't tell you, it's a more comfortable seat than it is in the on the bus. There you go. <laughs> uh, just being honest. Okay. The next one is um, is some advice, and I and I struggled with this early. Is don't don't get upset and don't feel bad that or it don't feel like you got to put yourself in a disadvantage because of the fact that you did not play college football. Okay. Um, you know, early in my career, I thought that, you know, I was with a staff that everyone had played college ball and in my first year I was JV. And then I got put down to B team my second year. And I thought it was because I didn't play college ball. Uh, but here I am now, you know, three, four years later as a varsity coach, uh, out the outside linebackers coach, I coach. I assist uh, a lot on special teams. I'm the lo- I'm the long snappers coach for the Ashley Ridge program. I help. I, you know, I'm always with the kickers. Um, and you know, we've had conversations a lot in the past that a lot of a lot of other coaches they're like, oh, I didn't play college ball, so I can't be a varsity coach. No, you can. And then, and I can. I think you said it on a couple of podcasts back. You know, the surprising of the amount of coaches that have been on this podcast uh, podcast. And none have, and, and very few have actually played college sports. So that says to something that the fact that, you know, if you're a 19 or 20 year old kid right now out there and you're listening to this, go volunteer coach. It's years of experience and it's going to help you in the long run. Okay. You're not going to be, as long as you are doing the right things, working hard and doing everything of what all these guys in the past have said, you will get a varsity spot sooner than later. Just keep grinding. Um, the second thing is, is uh, for those of y'all out there, um, letting everyone know, uh, I'm getting married in May. Uh-oh. hey Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, so here's my advice to go along with that is, and I know there's a, all these coaches have way more experience than me when it comes to marriage and kids and all that type of stuff is, but find the right significant other. Um, the woman that I'm with now, her name's Taylor Hillman. She's she is the head cross country coach, and she just got the head soccer coach for Cane Bay High School, or the head women's soccer coach. Region coach uh, of the year too, right, coach? Region coach of the year, yes. Uh, so there's little battles that we go on uh, <laughs> in my house. There, she's like, I'm region coach of the year. Well, you know, I won state in wrestling last year, so <laughs> um, so that's where we're at with that. But um, but she understands the lifestyle. She understands that it's going to be a lot of late nights. She understands that weekends are going to be missed. Um, and she understands that it's not easy. Now, I'm not going to sit here and say that we haven't had a couple of arguments in our past. But at the end of the day, she understands my dream and I understand hers. So finding the right significant other can really help with that. And this is where I really go with my story is my ex-girlfriend that I dated in college in my first year at Ashley Ridge, uh, she was a year younger than me and she was still in that college mentality. Very beautiful woman, had a lot of success. I think she's now a lawyer. So I missed out on a lot of money, but, uh, <laughs> but I, I remember this very specifically. Um, it was like the, it was the second game and we no, it was the first game, first or second game of my first year coaching. All right. I'm just a little JV assistant. And she asked me to go out with her that night on Friday night. And I said, well, all right, well, I, maybe after the game or whatever. She goes, no, 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 I want you to come at 6 o'clock. And I said, no, I have a football game. And she said, skip it. 
Uh oh. Yeah. So, needless to say, that was about a three, four day fight right there. Right. Um, that, you know, that can be very, very solved if you have the right significant other, if you have the right, the right woman in your life that can really, that can not only understand, but that she can also motivate you, be there for you, and help push you forward and achieve the goals that you want in life. So, um, that's really all my advice with that. Absolutely, so. Coach. I mean, and I, you know, just to kind of elaborate off of that um, before Coach Fields gives some advice too, it takes a special woman to to be a coach's wife or it could coach a significant other, whatever, you know, whatever it may yeah. be. Because like you said, it is a lot of times when you by yourself as a woman, like, yeah. you know, so it, it takes a special person to be able to, to, to deal with that lifestyle as well. All right, Coach Fields, you know, you've given advice on here plenty of times, but give some more advice to some young coaches. Uh, if you're on defense, coach outside linebackers. There you go. Give it a shot. Um, it, it's really going to help you. It made me grow a lot. Uh, second thing is go back and listen to some of our podcasts. Um, yeah, it's a plug, but if this is one of your first one listening to, we've got things on how to take a new job, how to find the right job, how to be a good assistant, you know, things like that. And really third is shout out to our significant others. Uh, yes. I think between Taylor and Larson and Allison, we have three great ones that support Absolutely. all of us to be, you know, honestly great coaches. That's what we strive to be, and they do a lot for us, you know. So shout out to your significant others, two guys. If you're listening, you know you've got the right one. Yeah, I mean, you know, even more so, like it's the off season technically for football, and Irish pretty much know right now, like, you know, once a week we're doing a podcast. So yeah. It's not even yeah. in the middle of the season right now. We're still sitting down and doing this kind of stuff. So, yeah, it, it takes a special person, so shout out to them. Um, but yeah, I think that's a good place to wrap up the Air It Out segment. We got an overtime segment coming. We'll take a quick break and come right back to it. Overtime segment, uh, you know, we just finished up our Air It Out segment with these guys. Uh, you know, a reminder, you know, Coach Jacob Poston, he is outside linebackers at Ashley Ridge. Got Coach Brett Fields on here. He is coaching the D-line, but he's coached a little bit of everything on defense. He's at King Bay High School. Um, you know, real quick, overtime is for our guests. They're going to ask us a question or just talk about a topic that they want to talk about, something like that. But real quick, I want to go back and elaborate on thing, you know, something that Coach Poston had brought up when he was talking about giving advice. And he talked about, you know, not, coach, or not playing college football. Uh, and I want to revisit something that Coach Steve Tannehill told me, you know, a while back, you know, when he took the job. And he always, you know, just sitting down and talking to him, he always said that he kind of avoided, and this is not against people that did play college football that, you know, coach, but he said he always kind of avoided hiring those types of people because a lot of times when you have a, college, a guy who played college football, they were so talented in high school that they weren't necessarily as good at the fundamentals as someone, you know, again, I was 5'10 in high school, and I had to work really hard and be good at fundamentals to be a good football player. So, whereas someone who's 6'3 and 220 can kind of get away with not being as good fundamentally and still make plays and be awesome. So, you know, Coach Tannehill always said, you know, he kind of avoided that, you know, because he would rather have someone who – maybe had to be really good at fundamentals so that they could teach those players how to, you know, be really good at those fundamentals as well. So I just kind of wanted to bring that up and let you guys know, like, if you didn't play college football, it's fine. You can still be a good, a good football coach or a good coach in general. But get your butt in there and start coaching. Absolutely. Like, don't, don't be scared to go sit down with whoever or, you know, read, listen, go to clinic, whatever it is. We talked about improving in the offseason and being assistant. We got go listen to those episodes. 
But, again, now I do also know that people that did play in college football, they're also good football coaches too. So, not a yeah. slight against them. Just, you know, just reminding you, if you're a coach out there, an aspiring coach, and you didn't play college football, it's okay. You, you can still be a good football coach. Just, you know, grind, learn, and go out there and give it your best shot. All right, so that was kind of my, my overtime plug. So, Coach Poston, passing it over to you. If you got something for us in overtime, now is your time to shine. All right. Well, I got a question for each you, each of you. But before I ask that, one thing I forgot to say in the advice is, coaches out there, get your kids to wrestle. Amen to that. Get your kids to wrestle. Okay. Work with your wrestling coach. All right. I promise you, a year with wrestling is going to make a big difference. Yes, I know the big stigma is, oh, they cut weight. This ain't the 1990s anymore. All right. There's there's weight regulations. Kids are not are only allowed to lose a certain amount of weight. Okay, and if you're if you're good in your strength program, you can get that weight back on quickly. Um, Listen, real quick, coach. Real quick, give me a left tackle or a right tackle that wrestles. I'll take them all day, every day. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, go Um, ahead, coach. All right, so Cam, going you first. Okay. All right. Other than the RPO system or concepts, what are ways that you can manipulate outside linebackers to do what you want? Uh, I mean, it, it, part of it is is that's the that's the fun part to me is trying to figure that stuff out. Is okay. you know, obviously the RPO stuff is 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 big now because you know it's like trying to make those guys wrong no matter what decision they make. Um, another thing, you know, people would like to do eye candy with as far as motions. You know, you fake jet sweeps or you you do that kind of stuff. But a lot of times it is, and what I look for in in any kind of game plan. If I can manipulate what that outside linebacker is reading and, you know, do something off of that, I'm going to do that. I, and just for a perfect example, and I don't know – I know that you were at Aston Ridge one year. I saw one play, the first play I watched, again, you know, was a scrimmage. I think you guys were playing South Florence or West Florence or something like that. Outside linebacker, the tackle, he – I think he, it was a down block, and he tried to fold kind of down inside. And then there was no – the safety was cheated over to the trips, and there was nobody – there was nobody behind the outside linebacker, and there was space for days. So, all we gotcha. did that week was, you know, we came up with a play, and we made it look like run up front, but it was just a quick game slant behind you. And that – so, that outside linebacker stepped down in, and he's like he's folding. And, yeah. and then I told my guy that was, that was playing receiver, I said, if you get caught, you might as well just come over here and sit beside me because it worked to perfection. The tackle stepped down. Outside linebacker folded kind of down in the box or towards the box, and then there was nobody back there, you know, to take away the slant because we just got inside leverage on the corner. But I mean, obviously, so basically, so basically you're false keying me. Yes, if I can find a way to false key you or false key those guys, or if I know what they're looking at, there's some little things that you can do that you know you can kind of play with on offense that you can try to make those guys, like you said, manipulate them in that way. So, you know, I look for things like that on film, and it's hard to find some of that stuff sometimes. But it also depends on where the rest of your defense is aligned as well. The safety was cheated so far to the trips on the other side that there was no way he was making a play on that slant. And so the adjustment was obviously y'all lined up a little bit differently after that, and we did some different things. But that's like a whole yeah. other, you know, segment. So that's kind of – Yeah, that's like – that's kind of my, you know, a few base things, that, you know, off of the RPO stuff that I like to do. All right. All right, Fields, I've heard this a bunch on your on your podcast that you want to run empty in the goal line or short yardage. <laughs> sure. How are you defending empty in short in short yardage or goal line? 
Mm. I'm looking at you, Coach Fields. How are you going to defend empty? <laughs> Damn. <laughs> you got to answer it. It's on the podcast. All right. So, essentially, uh, we need to find out if it's a running quarterback, right? That, that's a big deal. Um, a lot of guys like to dial up some pressure um, and blitz. I'm big on playing man coverage. Or if we're not playing man coverage, we're, we're pattern matching, but uh, it's going to look like cover zero, essentially. Um, we need to find out if it's empty with a tight end. If it's empty with a tight end, you've got to account for that guy because those, <laughs> those DBs lose a tight end real quick, even if it's empty. Uh, yep. So that's one thing we're identifying is who's got the tight end. Um, if it's a defense that I trust, then I will do some pattern matching, like easy switch stuff. I've talked about it before. You're going to know who is the true press guy and who's maybe a yard or two off. Uh, we don't all want to play at the same plane. You know what I mean? We all don't want to be shoulder to shoulder. That way we don't get pick routed. So the short answer is obviously make sure we've got a body on a body. And either we're going to play straight up man, we're going to play inside leverage, um, or we're going to do a little bit of pattern matching, which would be as simple as one step, he steps out. Let's say he's the number two away from yeah. trips. Okay, he's the two receiver side, and I'm manned on. I'm the outside linebacker. I'm inside leverage. Let's say I'm up, and my corner's just a little bit back, and the safety's over there to help me out. As soon as that number two steps out, I'm going to go ahead and switch with the corner. Now I'm getting a little depth and finding number one. Uh, just a quick example. Um, I'd love to play around with more. I'm not really a, a pressure guy, but I would love to have some automatic pressures off of that too, just to keep it easy for your guys. Gotcha. Yeah, good questions. Um, yeah, so Coach Post, you got anything else that you want to maybe talk about or you want to revisit something? Or, you know, because obviously we've, I feel like this has been a pretty outstanding episode. Uh, I've learned some things and, you know, you guys have shared some knowledge oh, yeah. here. Uh, last thing I want to say, and it's just that, uh, it's a saying that I kind of live every part of my life on is every day's a holiday, every meal's a banquet, and every practice is a family reunion. There you go. I like that. Um, Coach Fields, you got anything? Obviously, first of all, obviously you want to you know, take time to say thanks to Coach Poston and, uh, for joining us. So just want to take time to say thanks to you. Obviously, you know, you have a significant other, obviously, that – you know, you probably could be spending time with right now, but you took a little bit of time out of your night to, you know, come and share some outside linebacker stuff with us and, you know, just talk. And, and you know, we have fun doing this. And if we can get, you know, one person to learn something from this, that's that's kind of our goal each week. So, you know, I just want to say appreciate you for joining us. Thanks for having me. Coach Fields? I appreciate it, man. Coach Poston is in season right now, by the way, with wrestling too. So, He's yeah, got a lot on his plate. For the region championship. There you go. So he's taking time, excuse me, out of his off time to get after it with us. And I was excited, man. Finally have more backup. Yeah. You know, yes. It was nice. Where's it my offensive nice. guys? I don't, they'll never join us no more. So. They're probably listening, taking notes right now. I guess so. Probably so. Yeah. I, that's why I try to ask some questions from my offensive guys so they can kind of take notes on you guys. So. But no, man, appreciate it. Thanks for listening, guys. We've really had a jump in listeners. Tell all your buddies about this. I mean, you know we share it everywhere. So yeah. I think Texas Football Chat actually retweeted uh -oh. our stuff, correct? Hey, on the yes. YCA. Hey. So if you're listening from Texas, give us a little shout out, man. Yeah. We really appreciate that. Texas, whoever runs the Texas Football Chat. Yeah. Also, shout out. Would like to really get 
the clinic coach on. Yeah, the clinic who, coach. Come on, big, man. If we can get him on, I, what? So this, this is now, all just message him and say, hey, get on here. Like, yeah, we're about to just blow up gonna, your stuff. I'm gonna do that right now. Actually, do it. Do it. Do it now. Um, listen, and you know, as I said earlier, it's growing. We're getting very close to 1,000 plays overall. Like that's. It may not be a big deal to some people, but we're getting close to that thousand, that one k mark, and you know, so we'll kind of celebrate it a little bit once we hit it. It's it's real close. It's right around the corner. So, yeah. you know, again, thanks for everybody for listening. You know, again, Coach Poston, thanks for taking out the time, man. We appreciate you. Any any last little words you got for us before we close it out? I'm good, man. I already said my piece. Every day's a holiday. Every meal's a banquet, and every practice is a family reunion. There you go. That's it, Coach Fields. All right, that's going to close this one out. Thanks, guys. We'll talk to you again next time.